Welcome to the Labourlist podcast. I'm Mark Ferguson, and we're here, as we are every week, to talk about all of the big issues facing the Labour Party. With just five weeks to go until Election Day, we're here on a pontoon dock next to some barges by a canal. It's a long story. And we're here to talk with Connor Pope and my good fellow about what's going on in the run-up to the election. We'll be discussing last week's not-quite-TV debate, as well as briefly looking ahead to tonight's very-much-real TV debate. And as Labour comes under fire from big business, whilst launching a much-improved zero-hours contact crackdown, there's plenty to talk about. For the week into the election campaign, are the British public interested? So, last week we had the, the first sort of TV debate. Connor, what did you make of it? I thought Ed Miliband did very well, um... At times, I felt David Cameron didn't really look like he wanted to be there much. Um, he seemed to kind of bat away some questions, let Paxman go at him in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an odd behaviour from the Prime Minister, actually. But I thought Ed, to his credit, did very well. And the immediate post-debate, or whatever you want to call them, polls, showed that he had achieved above expectations. And then a few days later, it showed that he'd won, and all of his personal ratings got a boost because of it, I think. Maya, do you think Cameron, do you think he messed up? Do you think he gave Paxman too much of an opportunity to come at him? Yeah, and I think more than just the uh, Paxman segment, which was quite painful to watch, um, the audience Q&A was so boring. It was was so boring, and I just don't think he was connecting with people, Um, whereas I think Miliband was a lot better um, with that. And his kind of... um, you know, start to debunk this idea that maybe he's not prime ministerial or that he won't be able to run a country. I think the way he approached the Q&A, but also the way he dealt with Paxman, which was very good, um, yeah, runs counter to that whole narrative. Um, So all in all, I think everyone agrees that Miliband did particularly well. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, it was almost like a debate of two halves and not just because it wasn't a debate and because it wasn't two halves, but in... In part one, you had, especially in terms of the town hall segment, you had David Cameron being questioned by by, by members of the public, him talking at length, talking very slowly to talk out the segment. (laughs) Kay Bailey hardly interfered at all. And then Miliband came along and Kay Bailey was hassling him. But actually, that interaction with someone perhaps led to a better performance. His answer in that section got the first round of applause. Well, I think... To be fair to Kay Burley, and I realise that this probably isn't a popular view with Labour List mm. um, podcast listeners being fair to Kay Burley, but I imagine that a lot of people did watch that Cameron section, as Maya said, and got really, really bored. Uh, and I think some producers went up to her at the break and went, Kay, could you interject a bit more when Ed Miliband has his town hall section? Because, oh my God, it was boring. Fine. This may be the only time that you ever do a TV debate, and so far no one's going to remember you were there. <laughs> Looking ahead to tonight's actual debate, it's going to be a bit more complicated and potentially a bit more interesting, isn't it, Maya? Yeah, um, well... <laughs> <laughs> it's just so hard to say what's going to happen, and it will be interesting, but I don't know how much we're going to get out of it. And um, for our survey this week, we did ask, um, how we how, how Labour readers thought each of the leaders was going to perform, or who was going to perform best, rather, um, excluding Ed Miliband from that, because as we, we can all agree, he's going to do the best. <laughs> um, but um, And there was an overwhelming uh, number of people thought Nicola Sturgeon was going to do really well, and I think there is something in that. You know, she is very, um, she's going to have very clear ground 
a lot of people in Scotland really support her. Um, Nigel Farage is the other one that people feel is going to do well. And I don't know if anyone listened to um, him this morning on Radio 4 being grilled by Michelle Hussein, but he did not stand up very well at all, really couldn't answer questions. And when it came down to actual policies and his whole thing about having an Australian points-based system of immigration, it just totally fell apart. I don't know whether it will fall apart tonight because he'll be able to bring down Cameron on his whole immigration figures, attack the Labour Party for having supposedly let too many immigrants in. Uh, so he may he might do well, but I think it's interesting that he is kind of faltering when it comes down to like the nitty-gritty of what policy actually is. There's no substance there. Well, it's, 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 sort of, it's sort of untried and tested format, isn't it? You can perhaps get alliances, you can perhaps get disagreements. Mm. The only thing I can compare it to is the debate in season three of Borgen, which I know is not particularly helpful, or perhaps the... Democratic national uh, debates that they had before the 2008 US primaries, where you had all sorts of people, all the way from Barack Obama to Hillary Clinton, to a guy called Mike Gravel. I don't know if anyone remembers Mike Gravel. He was amazing. Who will be tonight's Mike Gravel? Who will make the most completely pointless remark? Could be Farage or it could be Leanne Wood, who, frankly, most people in the country and even most people in Wales don't know who she is. But maybe that's an advantage. Connor, what do you think? Well, yeah, so uh, Leanne Wood finished bottom in our survey. Um, there is certainly of people who have seen her perform uh, an understanding that she's not a particularly accomplished media performer. Clyde Cymru have really not done anything over the past five years. They're currently polling 11% in Wales, which is what they got in 2010. I think she'll be very disappointed with that. But obviously with this uh, unknown entity, there is a big chance to upset the odds as Nick Clegg did at the last election and you know people like us sit around and and obviously we know who Nick Clegg is and obviously we know who he is now but in 2010 it's amazing that most people knew nothing about the leader of the Liberal Democrat Party so actually there is a big chance for Natalie Bennett uh, if she can actually pull one out of the bag and confound our expectations which as people who are interested in politics are abnormally low um, or even Nick Clegg again, I think it's possible. Um, so, yeah, there is very much possibilities there for leaders of the smaller parties to drown out the ones that they've already heard of and do well. Right, well, as, as we assume a lot of people listening to this after the TV debate are probably chuckling at how wrong we were <laughs> after, after that sudden surge of support for... So anyone we haven't mentioned? Ed Miliband. <laughs> yeah, actually, David, there, David Cameron hasn't come up yeah. yet. He hasn't come up yet. <laughs> so the two, only the two people who might be Prime Minister. Yes. I mean, what's interesting, I think, is that Miliband runs the risk of, of having performed so much better than mm. expectations. Not our expectations, past, but certainly the expectations of the general public and the media that he, uh, he, he, he's expected to perform better than he otherwise would have been tonight. I think it's very hard for Miliband and for Cameron, but we will see. Something else which has been difficult for Ed Miliband and the Labour Party this week has been an onslaught from big business. Earlier this week, 103 big business leaders signed a letter to The Telegraph saying that they didn't want any change, that they preferred the corporation tax being left at the level it currently is and supported the Conservative Party. Now, the Labour Party has since fought back, uh, having a letter on the front page of The Guardian saying, uh, signed by not only business leaders, a much smaller number, but this leaders all the same, and a number of people on zero hours contracts. 
Colin, you haven't been particularly pleased with the Labour Party's response to this, have you? Um, no, well, I mean, I think we should start at the beginning, which is that the front page of the Telegraph is bad news for Labour. I'm not saying that it's the end, that the election is over or anything like that, but I think we have to start from the position where actually 100 business leaders um, writing something on the front page of the Telegraph to say that people should vote Conservative is bad news. People may not like big business, but they don't like politicians either, and actually I think they trust business leaders uh, on the issue of creating jobs more than they do politicians. So I do think that it is a problem and people say, well, we weren't surprised, it was bound to happen. Frankly, I don't find the crushing inevitability of it to be in any way a comfort. Uh, The Labour Party's reaction was partly to say, well, who's surprised by this? Again, I'm not sure that that was a, a great idea. I'm not particularly thinking that the letter that was released by the Labour Party, which went on the front page of The Guardian today, was very much better, really. Maya, what, did you, what, what do you make of this whole business bureau? Um, I mean, when it comes down to it, these 103 people, who may be very, very powerful, but do, when, do represent a very small number of people in this country, um, you know, they're upset because the Labour Party are going to int- uh, increase corporation tax from 20% to 21%, which is Ti- a tiny amount, it would still leave us as with the lowest corporation tax in G7 and 14 points below the US. So, uh, you know, this is <laughs> that, like, we need to be honest about what, what's going on here. They're also very upset that the Labour Party are going to um, raise the top rate of tax to 50% again, as it, sh- as it should be. Um, you know, I'd like them maybe to even go a bit further, but I realise that that is potentially a controversial point of view at this time. They're also upset that the Labour Party are going to um, want to uh, make the national minimum wage £8 by 2020. Like, it's, it's these things that are getting their backs up. And I think the Labour Party are right to come out and say, you know, this isn't a surprise. And it, it, isn't, it isn't good for them. People will um, read that and think, um, oh, the Labour Party can't be trusted with the economy, blah, 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 the same old line. But what, what are they supposed to do? Not have these policies that they should be implementing and lie down and take it from some very, very rich people who don't want to, you know, don't want to uh, lose their, lose a bit, of their, a bit of their money to slightly higher taxes. Like, I mean, I, th- I think, I think there's perhaps uh, some, something that frustrates me the Labour Party haven't said loudly enough is increasing corporation tax or returning corporation tax to mm. its previous level, corporation tax going up by 1%. As you said, we'll still leave it as being the lowest in the G7. However, more than that, it's to fund a tax cut for small businesses, a cut in business mm-hmm. rates. So actually, Labour could, could and should be making an argument that this is a pro-business policy because small businesses need to be able to grow into being the size of those bigger businesses. However, we all, we all knew this was coming. Where is the letter signed by 100, 500, 1,000 small and medium-sized business owners? Because... That really should have been Labour's response, and it shouldn't have been left to a lot of hard work that went into producing a letter that went in the Guardian. That you know, I'm not sure how much. I'm not sure yet how much impact that is going to have. I think um, to say that it is entirely out of self-interest is a little bit unfair. Um, some of the people on that list used to be Labour Party donors. Some of them were even publicly supporting Labour at the last election when we had policies such as a 50p tax rate. So I don't think it's fair to say that these people are, are all doing it because they want their own tax cuts. And also I think it's, it's worth bearing in mind that actually our policy of a business rate tax cut will help small businesses, but actually it also helps 
big businesses. Boots, mm-hmm. Boots and HSBC, a lot of their uh, stores uh, will be in places where they will benefit from that as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm sceptical of the divide between big and small businesses. Here. A healthy debate, uh, one that perhaps we're going to have to come back to in the coming weeks because I imagine that we might hear more from some of these business leaders and perhaps the Labour Party over the next couple of weeks. But the big question I want to ask is, are the British public actually taking notice of the general election yet? Because we're all very, I don't want to say obsessed, obsessed maybe sounds a bit harsh, but we're all very interested in what's happening in this general election campaign. Are the British people in general taking notice? Are these TV debates are having, are having any impact? Or perhaps is it all a bit of a waste of time because it's Monday, Thursday and people are about to have a four-day weekend and they're all about to go on the holidays or go out to the pub tonight or go to church or do whatever it is that people do when they're having four days off work? Maya, what do you reckon? I mean, in terms of the debates tonight, I don't, I don't, I don't know that that many people will take that much of an interest. Uh, I think in terms of the coverage the next day, it will it will catch people's eye, but I don't think this is going to be the thing that gets people excited about the general election. And I don't know, I'm obviously interested in politics, but it feels very long. It's felt very long and it feels a bit dry and things are happening, yeah, but it's the same voices, the same people saying the same things over and over again. So it's very difficult to be able to say whether the general public do all of a sudden feel like politics has been reinvigorated and it's now very exciting. I, I don't think that's the case because I think this is going to be an election where it happens and people still aren't particularly happy with what's going on. But who can who can say? Connor, is the excitement palpable where you live? Um, are people stopping you on the street and saying, are you Connor Pope, can I talk to you about the general election? Uh, no, the people uh, involved in politics that I mainly see around my house in Streatham are uh, Green Party activists who, with my history of writing about the Greens, tend not to want to speak to me. Um, no, I think Maya's right. I don't think tonight will kick in and you know start everyone being obsessed with politics over the next few weeks. Um, but there, there will be some sort of cut through. You can see that from the way that the polls changed from immediately after last week's interviews to a few days later. Obviously, the coverage in the newspapers did have an effect there. Um, and again, to come back to the Daily Telegraph thing, I think what newspapers cover then isn't only seen by people who read that newspaper. Agreed. It's then covered in the news, and there is kind of real blanket coverage on uh, news channels now of the election. So it might not be that this kickstarts it, but I think we're slowly building up to a place where people do start to pay attention. Absolutely. Well, look, it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds over the Easter weekend. We'll be back next week, not only writing on Labour List, but also on this podcast. Thanks very much to Connor and Maya for their insights this week. Thank you very much to everyone who's listened. We're going to go and have a lovely Diet Coke here on this pontoon dock. Thank you very much. Goodbye.